Well, hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And might I, might I add, some of the best damn theme music in the land. Just saying it. Just saying it out loud. That's all. That's all, really. And you can follow me on the Twitter and the gram at RMK Madness. Please do that. Like, subscribe. All the good stuff, the podcast, the social media. Check my stuff's out. Do it, do it, do it. Because you know what? When it comes to fantasy, I'm really about just one thing, right? What's that? Duh. Winning. Exactly. And I've done a lot of it, which is the whole reason that I decided to get into, well, the analysis aspect of it all because I'm a decent writer and I kind of know what I'm I just do developed a strategy over the past several years you know I've been doing this a long time and you learn some shit along the way if you care to have an open mind and pay attention you know can't be stuck in one way you gotta take in all the new information and Let it flow through you. Let it just flow. Because it's 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 almost like science. As you get new information, you have to change it. And face it, fantasy football and football in general, sports in general, new shit all the time, changes all the time. You know, the NFL is a much different league than it used to be. So you got to adapt. You got to learn. You got to keep growing and building on your strategy and ideas of how you approach fantasy football. But enough about that. Really, really. We'll get into some good NFL stuff here in a second. But how, how was the weekend? Good weekend for you? Mine wasn't bad. Gotta say, watched a lot of hockey and basketball. Mm-hmm. Hockey didn't do so much uh, with the fans, really. Every once in a while, they'll play like a uh, like like a screen of like uh, different fans watching. Like I remember one particular one was during the Flyers game. Who were they playing? The Bruins. And it was either Bruins fans or Flyers fans just looking very bored. <laughs> I imagine it's not the same, but hey, I enjoyed it. There was some blowouts. In hockey over the weekend, but there was some really good hockey too, some fun, fun hockey. And I'm glad the hockey's back. And I'm glad Matt Dumba went out there from the Minnesota Wild and gave a nice speech. Really thought it was an awesome fucking speech. Said some good stuff. I thought thought what he said was well said. I know I just said the word said like 800 times in the past 30 seconds, but you know what I mean. Well said by Matt Dumba. And, uh, Yeah, it's just, keep fighting. (laughs) Keep fighting. Because I love having the sports back. But we got to keep in mind, there's a lot of shit still going on in the world. (sighs) You you know, we're still fighting the racism shit. I mean, y'all see the video of that white supremacist dude with his pants falling down at the restaurant? (laughs) Going around like, get me on the phone with Trump. He's fucking yelling at people. Somebody's like, there's kids here. He's like, I don't give a fuck. 
I will bend that over and fuck her and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, this female server walks in front of this dude and he just fucking pow, smacks the shit out of her. And then about 50 dudes jumped on that guy. He had to have been on some drugs or some shit, but still. These fucking crazies are out there. Full of them in this country. Look at all the people that support Trump. How could you support Trump? If not for racist, because if you ask me, if you're not trying to be part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And, you know, again, I'm glad sports is coming back, and we'll see what happens with football, because, let's face it, baseball, eh, it's not looking so good right now, you know? And uh, there are some differences between the two. For example, football does have just one game a week, whereas baseball's traveling a few times a week. Football teams will only have to travel eight times in the whole year, the whole regular season. So uh, there are some differences. We'll see how it goes, but MLB in a little trouble. But it's nice to have the sports. It's nice to take your mind off some stuff every once in a while. It's nice to have it back. It really is. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy, particularly for hockey, because I'm a puckhead, <laughs> and... I am just tickled pink by the whole setup of how they got this going with the little round robin brackets for the seating and then the additional matchups to get in for the final four spot. Like, this is just, I love it all. And like I said, a few blowouts, but there's been some fun, fucking awesome hockey. Fun and fantastic and fucking awesome hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got to keep focused. A lot of racism still to fight in the country. We've still got the pandemic looming overhead. And, you know, a few months away from a, a pretty big election, a pretty big decision for America, for the United States of America. So we'll see, we'll see how this all pans out. We've got a lot to keep focused on. But it's nice to have sports back. It really is. It really is. And I just finished yesterday my 14-team Superflex draft that I was talking about with the tight end premium. And as a matter of fact, should we go ahead? Yeah. Let's just take a fucking peek, shall we? So I can tell you exactly, well, how my stuff turned out. Oh, that, that, that's, that's the wrong team right there. Okay, let's pull up this one. Let's pull up this one. Okay, here we go. Zombie Prescription is the name of the team. I got Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. I got Miles Sanders, Darius Geist, Jonathan Taylor, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Mike Gusecki, Gerald Everett, John Ross, Curtis Samuel, P.J. Walker, Jarrett Stenham, Elijah McGuire, Dari Ogamawale, Damian Harris, Justice Hill, Travis Homer, Patrick Lair, Jake Kumaro, Greg Ward, Foster Rodrew, Sample, Logan, Thomas, TJ Hawkinson, Adam Troutman, Jalen Hurts, Darnell Mooney. I know normally I go by position. That was just a terrible, I'm, I'm sorry if any of you were just sitting there like, what? he's just fucking spouting out the name. But, hey, I really like the way that draft turned out. I could have done with one more starting quarterback, but there was this dude in this league. He's the co-commish. <clears throat> and this dude... Took like 12 quarterbacks. Lots of backups. 
He's got four or five starters. Tons of backups. Like, his depth is shit. He's got, like, three running backs. I'm really not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he thinks he can trade some of these guys to get... <laughs> Or he's just thinking, man, with the pandemic, I want all the quarterbacks I can get, which I've considered. And I will add a few quarter backup quarterbacks to the end of my roster just for that particular situation. Because you see what's going on. We already got lots of, you know, the COVID or what, what designation. That's the word I was looking for going on with the NFL right now. And it's really not saying like if they have it, if they're around somebody that had it, but you get the COVID designation, you got to isolate. The bills had to send home a bunch of rookie. Like it's just crazy. So we'll see because if this kind of shit happens during the season, dudes ain't playing for a couple weeks, right? At least. So backups are going to be important. My article should be coming out this week that talks all about this, all about COVID and how it impacts and how you should really be looking at backup players and then those late round rookies, second year guys, undrafted free agents. Because they they could really make an impact in this particular season. And I wouldn't be surprised if the first month of the season is spent almost as a preseason. You know, that's almost kind of done anyway, as teams really kind of gel and click and get the offenses and defenses really how they want it. It's going to be it's going to be interesting how this will all work. But with that, let's just get into some more news. Because with the COVID list comes or with the COVID designation, obviously, there's a list. That's what I was trying to get to. And we have already multiple players. Of note. Of, of, of important note, a couple of starting quarterbacks. Mr. Minshew, you know me. I love my magic man Minshew. That guy was fucking awesome. And I know a lot of people think the Jags are just going to see what happens or they're letting him start because they want to get that low or high, should I say, draft pick to get them some Trevor Lawrence. And maybe that's true. Maybe there is some truth to that. But I honestly feel... Like, they really do want to see what Minshew has. And, you know, they've got him some support, man. So we'll see what happens. But I love me some Gardner Minshew. And then Stafford, again. I like him this year. And he's got the COVID. Or he's at least on the COVID list. So is the Eagles coach. But I believe he actually tested positive for it. So, And that's not good. Dude's a little bit older, man. We gotta watch out for this stuff, man. Just wish people would take it more seriously. That's all. That's all. But it is what it is right now. People better start taking this shit seriously. <laughs> it's just wait till flu season hits. Y'all motherfuckers don't even know. History of pandemics. I suggest doing some research. I've just said, and I know if you listen to this podcast, I probably don't need to talk to you. (laughs) But for anybody new who might be joining and think, hmm, check this pod out. Why is he talking about so much social justice stuff and all this other stuff? Isn't this a fantasy pod? Yes. And if you would like to hear more of my thoughts on 
you know, social justice or injustice, rather, uh, the pandemic, Trump and his Trumpers. Hey, you want to hear more thoughts of mine on that? Yeah, check out my miscellaneous debris podcast. Find it anywhere you find this one, the fantasy madness. So, yes, we move along. And you got the opt-out deadline, which sounds like it's going to be Wednesday. So we got a couple days left, and then we should be done with the opt-outs, which is good. Because this is scary. Sitting around, wondering if any of your star guys are going to fucking opt out. Because obviously the biggest one, as of recent, Damian Williams. And now everybody, and I shouldn't say everybody, many of peoples are on the Clyde Edwards Hillary hype train. And hey, I think he's going to be solid. But here's the thing. People are acting like he's just going to run amok in the Kansas City offense with Andy Reid. I don't think so, man. I mean, look, I get it's kind of the same argument with, like, Doug Peterson, and he's never really had a stud back. But do you really believe Clyde edwards Hilaire is that stud all-purpose back? I don't really. And sure, he could do some great stuff in that offense, but I just have a hard time believing that they're not going to have someone else to put in that role that Damian Williams had. They signed DeAndre Washington. I mean, he's not anything spectacular, but he's slightly above average, man. Same with Elijah McGuire. They have Darwin Thompson from last year, who I don't believe in, but that, that that's kind of my point. They had Damian Williams last year. They drafted Darwin Thompson. Everybody was like, oh, hang on to Darwin Thompson. Remember the Darwin Thompson hype train last year? I realize there is a difference between Darwin Thompson and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and maybe a big difference. But the point being, it didn't appear to me they drafted Darwin Thompson to be the lead guy. And even though taken in the first round, I don't believe they did that with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If they wanted an all-purpose three-down back, there were other guys to go with. But I don't think... That's what Andy Reid's looking to do. I, I think we're going to see a DeAndre Washington. Uh, and it could be Darrell Williams because he's been in the system a couple of years. But he's, he, he's more of, I mean, he played well in the offense when he was given the chance. But he's still more average, below average type talent. Whereas McGuire and DeAndre Washington, these two guys have a little bit more talent. I give the leg up to DeAndre Washington, but that's why I'm stashing me some Elijah McGuire, because he's cheaper. <laughs> and you can get him. But let's see what happens, because, you know, the CEH fans could be right. But man, the hype, to me, is getting out of fucking control. That's just me. And same thing with AB. Now, Antonio Brown is back. He's got his suspension ready to go. Ravens and Seahawks are interested. What are the implications of all of this? People that have and hung on to Antonio Brown are not, are not, are not, are not, are not, are not. okay, okay, let's just fuck up the talking already. Actually, we made it quite a, quite a while without twisting the tongue, you know what I mean? But, A.B., now that he's officially back, there are people out there trying to, you know, send out offers like, Antonio Brown's the man. Antonio Brown. Like, first of all, I don't trust 
this dude anymore. For all I know, he did get his shit together. But last we knew, he seemed to be dealing with some mental shit by the way he was acting. And it does appear as though maybe, possibly, some of it was overblown. But he's just not getting really punished. But he's still getting eight games from the NFL. And there's still, I believe, investigations into... And maybe that's what the eight games is for. I guess I'd have to look into that. But the domestic abuse thing. So, um, I, uh, I don't know. I don't trust him. And, and, he goes to the Ravens. He goes to the Seahawks. First of all, the Ravens, they're still going to use Hollywood Brown. They're still a team that's going to run the shit out of the ball. Conversely, same with the Seahawks. Now, maybe in Seattle they let Russell Wilson open up the offense a little bit more if they get him, but they're still Tyler Lockett. They're still DK Metcalf. And to me, Antonio Brown going there only devalues those two guys, and it doesn't really give Antonio Brown that much value. Plus, Plus, do you really think Antonio Brown's going to walk into Seattle or Baltimore and then just all of a sudden be close to what he was in Pittsburgh? Hell no. And what happens when he's not that? Is he going to be okay with that? Is he going to be just fine? Or is he going to start throwing his fucking hissy fits because he's not getting the ball enough? I just don't trust it. Don't trust it. It's a dilemma. For sure. Because he's not very expensive right now. And he's not... How old is he? He's got 30s, right? (laughs) I'll look that up. Antonio Brown's age. (laughs) But, you know, he's still got some juice left in the tank. Probably. And if so, I mean... There's always the chance that he just busts out. But see, if you do have him, I'm going to be trying to sell him now. I mean, hmm, that's tough. Because do you want to get rid of him while people are... I mean, obviously, you'd want to wait till he officially signs somewhere. But do you, do you want to get rid of him right now? Because if he doesn't pan out, this would be the peak value after he signs with the team. So do you want to run that risk? I guess not me. I'd probably sell him. (laughs) And if he happens to blow up this year, you can go, oh, fucking well. (laughs) I've had to do that with a couple of guys. Oh, fucking well. And all you fucking people out there worrying about Shady McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, have you seen the last two years? Like... Okay, wouldn't you think if dude had anything left after Damian Williams opted out that Andy Reid would have said, let's let's go shady? I mean, they haven't even, like a lot of other people thought, maybe Devontae Freeman. He's, he's not been signed yet. So, <laughs> that's shady. Like... That's Andy Reid's guy. And he was like, no thanks, even though I'm down a guy. That should tell you something. I I do wonder if, like, Tom Brady has something to do with it. I don't know. 
It's interesting. It's interesting. Maybe Tom Brady really wanted to play with Shady. But how can they let this dude make the team if he's garbage? Because last I saw the last couple of years, dude has nothing. Nothing left, man. Now, I don't know. Maybe he does that right. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even. I think he's done for. I think he's toast. That's just my opinion. Just my opinion. <sighs> Shady. Anyway, that's what we got for the for the news. Indeed. Indeed. That is, that, that's good. That's good. Well, it was news and a little bit of opinion on just kind of some of the shit going on. Clyde Edwards Hilaire hype train out of control. People thinking Shady's going to be something. <laughs> and the ever ridiculous AB saga that has now turned into because he is reinstated but suspended for a games and is now allowed to sign to a team. It has now become the AB dilemma. And we shall see how that unfolds. And I will be far, far away. There will be no Antonio Brown near anywhere, anywhere near any of my fantasy teams. <sighs> but I digress. And we move on. We move on. After a quick breather to the madness. Welcome to uh, the madness. That's right. That's right. So let's get into the meat of this. We continue on with the divisional breakdowns. We have completed the AFC. So we're done with that. Moving on to the NFC. And just as we did with the AFC, we're going to go ahead and go the never eat soggy worms route. You know, north, east, south, west. We're going to go that route. And beginning with the NFC North and the Chicago Bears. Now, it looks like there's an open quarterback competition for the Bears. You got Foles, you got Trubisky. There's the idea that Trubisky was banged up, looked a little better towards the end of the year last year, and then maybe he is a little better than he appeared during the season in 2019. Possibly. I think he's garbage, and I don't like Nick Foles that much better. <laughs> but I do a little bit. A little bit. And I do feel like it's a step up for everybody on that offense if he plays. And does he have the rushing upside that Mitch Trubisky does? No. And for fantasy purposes, that stinks. But Trubisky very much is <laughs> like a Blake Bortles. Like, he's just not the greatest thrower of the ball. Not the greatest at decision-making, but can scramble his ass off. Let's go Foles. At least I hope. When it comes to the running backs, I, I gotta tell you, I'm just not big on David Montgomery. I, <laughs> if you ask me, and particularly if Foles is the quarterback, I do think Tariq Cohen is the back to own this year. I really do. Dig me some Tariq Cohen. Particularly in PPR leagues. But uh, I'm staying away from David Montgomery. That's just me. That's just me. For the receivers, you got Allen Robinson. And to me, borderline wide receiver one. 
he was last year. I think Foles would be a step up. I think he could do it again this year. But I do feel like there's going to be um, a few breakout receivers this year. Like, I, I, I think there's going to be a good amount of receivers vying for that that top 12 in the wide receiver one area. And A-Rob is going to be one of them, I do believe. I also like Anthony Miller. Again, this is going based on, you know, we'll see what happens with quarterback situation and how the offenses run. But I know you've heard several times Matt Nagy talk about complain about or you've heard whispers whatever it is rumored blah 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 but Nagy talking about uh you know not being able to do everything he wants to on offense because of Trubisky's limitations and now Nagy is a disciple of Andy Reid remember so if Nick Foles shows up and Nagy feels like he can run more of his offense with Foles we're going to see Foles and we might even see a much improved offense so I'm interested to see what happens here if Foles takes over at quarterback. Another wide receiver I like, Darnell Mooney. I'm actually really interested in this particular fella. He is, was, sorry, a fifth, well, I should say it like that. It makes you sound like he died. But I was saying he was a fifth-round draft pick of Chicago in this last draft. They didn't have a whole lot of draft picks. And that does make you wonder a little bit about Anthony Miller, unless they're just trying to make sure because, you, you know, it does seem more and more teams want to have, you know, a few viable receivers to put on the field. So maybe it's not so surprising they took Mooney, but that does make me wonder about their faith in Anthony Miller a little bit. But again, I think everyone gets a bit of a bump up with Nick Foles, particularly if he gets going. But they really like Darnell Mooney. And... You know, there's a good reason why. He runs a 4-3, 40-yard uh, dash in 96th percentile, 71st percentile in burst score. He's slightly below average in the speed score, but all around pretty solid. Fuck. High college dominator rating, yards per reception, target share, breakout age. I mean, profile. He's got a profile where there's a lot to like. And the coaches are already talking about how they can't wait to, you know, try and use him and his speed and things like that. So just saying someone that I am targeting. Yes, indeed. And then at tight end, well, it's old co-commit, co-commit, because you know who it's not? Jimmy Graham. It's not Jimmy Graham. And they really don't have much else on that offense. And I know normally Tight ends do take a little bit longer to get going, but we've seen in recent years that the the, the top, the more um, higher tier tight ends, the higher tier rookie tight ends, I should say, you've seen them be able to produce in year one, right? So it's not like it's impossible. <laughs> so I do think I'm, I mean, look at TJ Hawkinson last year. Until his injury, he started off the season well. Speaking of TJ Hawkinson, we'll be talking about him and his team next. But again, back to Cole Komet and the rest of the tight end room for the Bears. Not much there. So I could see Cole Komet 
making an impact right away, and that would be a nice big target from Mr. Nick Foles. So I'd take me some Cole Komet on to TJ Hawkinson's team, the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford, he's on the COVID-19 list, as mentioned earlier, but hopefully he'll be fine. And I, and I did hear some discussion. I believe it was over the weekend somewhere, probably on Twitter or something. But discussion about like you, or maybe it was on my podcast. You know what? I don't fucking remember. I, I really no! don't. I, I know. Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> Point being is talking about like we really do. Oh, it was the NFL podcast. It was around no! the NFL podcast. Okay, sorry. But they were talking about how basically it, we don't even really know because a lot of reports are saying that you know there's quite a few patients that. You know, they recover from COVID-19, but they're still suffering, you know, and, and having issues weeks after they've, quote, unquote, rec- <laughs> that, that was, quote, unquote, recovered. Uh, yeah, that was bad. But, quote, unquote, recovered. And, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that messed me all sorts up. But we don't know what the long-term effects of this is, is basically it, right? And we don't. So, I mean, it, is this something that if they have it and they get sick enough that it, it, it you know, it could do some damage that might affect them long time, long term? <laughs> Boy, now I'm really starting. Once, once I hit that first fuck up, that first tongue twist, now shit's just been downhill. It's just been down fucking hill. But it happens. But, you know, is, 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 could long-term effects of this affect endurance or something like that? We don't know. We don't know. Nobody fucking knows. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But assuming Stafford's good to go... He's solid. Now, more and more, and I've spoke on this before, the quarterbacks that have the, you know, scrambling upside, they're just more valuable. They're going to bring you more fantasy points. That's just the bottom line. So, you know, Stafford, and he's kind of becoming a thing of the past. And and I'm not saying he's e-mobile because he's definitely – he's he's got more to him than Kirk Cousins, I'll tell you that much. And, and he can move a little bit, but not like some of those top guys. And that's the thing is more and more, I believe, we're going to see more and more of that. These mobile, very athletic quarterbacks and uh, the stand-in-the-pocket type of guys are going to get, uh, you know, less and less. They're going to become more and more rare, which is fine with me because Kirk Cousins drives me fucking nuts watching him. God damn it, dude. Like, get out the pocket. Do something. I've literally seen that dude, a, a fucking defensive tackle. He, he was like... Still, like, two feet away from him, and Kirk just fucking put the ball to his chest and gripped it and just braced for impact. Like, it was just so lame. Like, come on, dude. Like, he he still had a couple feet. You could have moved. Like, fucking Kirk Cousins. It's ridiculous. Okay, sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Quit bashing on, on Kirk Cousins. Um... I'd much rather have Matthew Stafford, I guess, is just my thing. And I hate the lines. <laughs> but they got some players, man. Drafted DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and people will talk about carry on johnson and this and that and if you'd follow me at all before you would know that uh I give two shits about Carrion Johnson. I've always given two shits about Carrion Johnson. I fucking never thought that dude was good. I just couldn't do it. I thought he was, that's another one I thought was over fucking hyped. And everybody just was like, yep, he's going to step right into the Lions offense and he's going to be the man. Nope. Two years later, enter DeAndre Swift. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure they'll still use Carrion a little bit because he is effective when not used a lot. And, he, you know, he has basically said that he uh, doesn't view himself as a full-time guy. So I think he needs to be more viewed as a breather type back, maybe a satellite type back. And maybe he does okay at that. So maybe there is some value there. But DeAndre Swift, that's the guy you want to own in Detroit. But I do find fifth-round rookie Jason Huntley interesting because there was a lot of us that were excited about Ty Johnson last year and uh, Duke got his chance and terrible. (laughs) I don't know about anybody else, but I give two shits about Bo Bo Scarborough. There's just very little else behind Swift and Carrion Johnson. Except for Jason Huntley. Runs a 4-4-5-40, 94th percentile burst score, slightly below average speed score and agility score, but decent dominator rating, 75th percentile, 93rd percentile yards per catch, solid target share spark, like, bam. Best comparable to Philip Lindsay, that's a little worrisome, but, <laughs> but yeah. I kind of like uh, I kind of like Jason Huntley, so keep your eyes on him. In- intriguing name to watch is all I'm gonna say. For receiver, Kenny Galladay is the fucking man there. You all know that, right? I know that, and we know right behind him is Marvin fucking Jones. Oh, Kenny Galladay, by the way, COVID nineteen. Stafford, Galladay, Hawk, all three of them. And you know, right behind Galladay is Marvin Jones, who's solid. And is very capable of having some big games. So Marvin, very solid in like a best ball league, right? And for me, you know, again, you got to start paying attention more and more, I think, to who these number three receivers are. In part because of this year and everything that entails this year. But also, also, because man... (laughs) It's just becoming more and more that late. Look at what the Denver Broncos did. Yeah, I know we have Cortland Sutton, but we're going to draft Jerry Judy. And yes, I know we have Sutton and Jerry Judy, but we're going to go ahead and draft K.J. Hamlin. They want fucking studs at all wide receiver positions, and that's what teams are trying to do, a lot of them, and I love it. What's wrong with having a few studs on your team? If your offense can handle handle it, man, you could be high-powered, high-powered. So I'm a little excited for the Broncos offense. And maybe it doesn't quite churn out this year. But I do think there's something to Drew Locke. So we'll see what happens. And you know what? I I just talked about the fucking Broncos last pod. So let's let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Point being is I really am interested in what happens with the Lions 
number three wide receiver chair because they had signed Geronimo Allison. He opted out. Okay. They drafted Quintez Cephas. I'm not a believer, not a fan. So I'm sitting here looking at Travis Fulgham, who's a name I brought up quite a few times. And do I need to go back to his, I mean, yeah, let's just do it. We're, we're going to, you know, I didn't even have Mark down to look up his player profile or stuff, but we're, we're going to do it. You know why? You know why? Because it's fucking awesome. I love his profiler, profiler, his profile. And in my opinion, if there's going to be a guy in that depth chart behind the top two that is going to make some noise, it's this guy. Now, he didn't run the fastest 40. But everything else, higher percentile, speed, burst, agility, catch radius, bam, 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 higher college dominator, yards per such, best comparable to Michael Gallup. Now, Travis Fulgham, fifth round pick last year, didn't get much run last year, so everybody's forgotten about Travis Fulgham. But I got my eyes on him this year, and so should you, so should you. And then for tight end, you know T.J. Hawkins is the man. That's all that all the there is to say about. Of course, they drafted who was it Bryant? That, I mean, you know, nothing wrong with investing in rookies. I love rookies because you want to see if they pan out or not. Because you never know. Maybe you get a couple late round rookies that turn out to be fucking fire. You know how much Stephon Diggs I had in the beginning. That's just one name. I, I should do that sometimes. Sit down and look at all the names that I had so much of because I just was really into studying and researching these players and looking at the ones with the best profiles to decide which ones to, you know, spend them lottery tickets on, to take a chance on. Because honestly, if you pay attention to the stats and the metrics, they're going to help you out. You're going to hit more often than you're not. And more importantly, you're going to avoid most of the bustable players. Not always, but a lot of them. Just saying, it's very helpful. It's very helpful. And we move on to the Green Bay Fudge Packers. Sorry, 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 Packers fans. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> not fond of you guys either. And, but I do believe... Aaron Rodgers is going to be balls to the wall this year. That's right. 2020, he's going to kill it. Angry Aaron Rodgers, I can see it. And I think Aaron Jones is going to have another good year. A.J. Dillon is overrated. I'm sure he'll get used, just as Jamal Williams did. And he wasn't as good as Aaron Jones. But despite that, Aaron Jones still killed it last year. And the Packers do want to sign him, re-sign him. They may not. And maybe if it gets to the point where they realize they aren't going to keep him, then maybe at some point this year they start giving more touches to A.J. Dillon. But I still think over the course of the season, you could still trust Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon is not going to be good enough, particularly in his rookie year, to take an extreme amount away from him. So if you're getting him in drafts, good for you. Good for you. People should not be so worried. People should not be so worried. At wide receiver, Devontae Adams, that's enough said. And with Devin Funchess opting out, 
we all wonder who's going to be the number two. Alan Lazard, there's a good chance. I also like some Jake Kumaro. But I also think we're forgetting about Equinemius St. Brown. Because he hurt himself last year. And he was out. So they relied upon Marquez Valdez-Cantling. That <clears throat> was someone that I had some hopes for. And he didn't really pan out. And uh, then entered Alan Lazard. So they, you know, they were trying to figure it out last year, but St. Brown was gone. Dude runs a 4440, 94th percentile speed score. He's best comparable to Tyrell Williams, who, yeah, no stud, but he's solid. And if he can just be a little bit better than that on an Aaron Rodgers Packers offense. Mm-mm-mm. I'm just interested. I'm intrigued. There's that word again. Intriguing. I'm intrigued by Equinemius St. Brown. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I've got my eyes on him this year. Yes. And I'm keeping my eyes on Kumaro, too. Because I don't think it's guaranteed Lazard gets that number two. And then a tight end. Well, Sternberger. He's got the COVID right now. But uh, he will be the man. Because they got nobody else. <laughs> They got nobody else. It's all Sternberger, baby. So hopefully you were getting into some of him in your drafts as well, particularly tight end premium. You got to get those late round tight ends that you think are going to splash and pop, and this is going to be one of them. I'm just saying. All right, moving on to our last team of the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings. Arroo. I have a love-hate relationship with this team. All my time spent in Iowa, I was a fan of the Vikings. And in many ways, I still am a fan of the Vikings. But man, am I not a fan of Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to fantasy purposes, Kirk Cousins is going to be solid. He's going to be good for you. I think Dalvin Cook's going to ball out this year personally. Now, obviously, the worry with him is staying healthy. But if he can do that... Even last year, missing a couple of games, he still killed it. So I got me some. I'm just always I'm hesitant in dynasty startups to take him right now because I'm not sure how much he'll have left. Surely a couple of years, but I'm not sure if I see him as one that's going to be um, legit for the long haul. I'm just not so sure. I'm just not so sure at this point. And if you look at his backups, you got Boone and Madison, and I'm telling you. I like Boone just as much as Madison, if not more. Now, the thing is, is that the Vikings seem to like Madison more, so you have to take that into account. But I also know that they'll use Boone, too. They're not going to just rely on Madison. So, could be interesting to see how that goes. Should Cook any, you know, miss any time with, with injury or holdout. So, both those dudes need to be fucking rostered. Not just Alexander Madison. Adam Thielen, wide receivers we're going to get into now. Adam Thielen will, I'm telling you, he's going to destroy in 2020. <laughs> he kills it all the time anyway, when healthy. I know he missed him last year. And don't get it mixed up. Dude's a little bit older. But he also was an undrafted rookie who didn't even play much the first couple of years. He doesn't have as much wear and tear. And he's not injury prone. 
go look at how many fucking games he's missed since he actually became a solid piece of that lineup. It was just a bad year last year. Couldn't get that hammy to cooperate. <laughs> so I'm not worried about Adam Thielen. I think he's going to crush in 2020, and I can't wait to see it. Justin Jefferson should make his way, I'd say, by midseason at least, into a um, a solid part of that Vikings offense. I, I know how good Justin Jefferson is, but... This isn't Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. This is Kirk Cousins. (laughs) And while I know Stephon Diggs did well when Adam Thielen was healthy and, you know, Cousins could support two receivers, I do think we're going to see an awful lot of Irv Smith this year. Yes. I think he'll probably be the second leading receiver. And I do think Justin Jefferson is going to be fucking awesome. Um. But I just think we're really going to start to see it towards the end of the year. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Again, I do. he's intriguing. I love Justin Jefferson. I just don't know if he's going to um, come out the gates as fiery as a few other rookies that I'm looking at. Is my only thing. It's my only thing. And as far as depth, they, they literally, they, Tajay Sharp, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they don't really have anybody. They... I mean, Courtney Davis might be okay, but I'm telling you, people forgot about Dylan Mitchell. People done forgot about Dylan Mitchell. Now, if you're not familiar with Dylan Mitchell, <laughs> he was drafted, I, I want to say fifth round. Now I'm going to have to look fifth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> seventh round last year. But you look at his profile. He runs a 4-4-6, 40-yard dash. Above average speed, burst, agility, catch raiser, like all across the board. Solid scores. Solid dominator rating. This is another guy, best comparable to Michael Gallup. Now, apparently, from some of the stuff I was hearing last year, that he's having a little bit of trouble with the coaching staff, maybe a little bit of an attitude problem, but you know what? We can't. It's it, there's a couple of guys. Both those guys, Travis Fulgham, in Detroit, and then Dylan Mitchell in Minnesota, sophomores who it feels like people just fucking forgot about. But I think it's important to not forget about them. Now maybe you don't have to rush out and pick them up, but keep them in your mind. And the second you hear some shit about them. In this build-up to the season, you snatch him up. I mean, good stuff. You know, you got to hear good stuff about it. But I think that's... These are two guys that could potentially fucking come out of nowhere. We Every year we get a few guys that come out of nowhere. Why would this be any different? Right? And once again, like I said, Irv Smith, the fucking man. And I think he's really going to kick some ass this year. So. So. That's what we got for the NFC North. The NFC North. A division I followed for a very long time because of my rooting interest in the Vikings and that's why I have issues with some of the other teams. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with this division. So I generally have a pretty good feel of how things play out in this division. Once again, 
I fucking told everybody about Kerryon Johnson. <sighs> and how many people listened? Probably not. No one. <laughs> okay. We're going to pause. Pause quick for a quick breather. And then we're coming right back to close up shop. All right. Ah, yes. The show is about over. It is time to say goodbye, to close up shop. But we'll get into just a little something real quick that I forgot to mention previously. Devontae Freeman. I'm just curious, because I talked about Shady. How is it? Shady signed first. Again, this had to be like a Tom Brady thing. I don't know. And we, the rumor is Bruce Arians likes his veterans and maybe he's, you know, not so fond of Ronald Jones and then Keyshawn Vaughn goes on the COVID list and blah, blah, blah. But it is strange, isn't it? Is Freeman really just the money thing? I mean, he's got the new agent now, Rosenhaus, so shouldn't that help out? But I guess I'm just curious why Shady over Freeman? Could it be money? Because what I don't understand is why, like, don't get me wrong. Freeman's not what he used to be either. He's about done himself. But fuck Shady. <laughs> like, I'd much rather have Devonta Freeman. I would much rather. He didn't look great the past couple of years. Well, when healthy, because he has had some injury problems. He didn't look great, but he didn't look like complete fucking toast. But, you know, whatever, whatever. Also, Teddy Bridgewater, I got to say, man, he looks real good in that Carolina Panther blue. Saw some pictures of Teddy in the new uni today, and I got to say, as someone who's rooted for the Vikings, I was so happy when they drafted Teddy. I was so fucking stoked. And I, I remember the whole thing, them coming in with the last pick, trading with the Patriots and scooping up Teddy Bridgewater. And everybody was like, oh, Johnny Manziel, blah, blah, blah. And it was just nice to see him finally, like, get his chance. Because when he really got things going in Minnesota, he got hurt. And then he goes to New Orleans to be a backup for a couple of years. But in the five games he played last year, he was good. Was he spectacular? No. And he didn't really have to be in that offense. We'll see what the Panthers do with him. I still have my eyes on P.J. Walker because that was Matt Rule, the coach of the Panthers. That was his quarterback in college, and I do believe there's a connection there. And P.J. Walker looked damn good in the XFL, and I know it's the XFL, and that Obviously, he got to the XFL because he didn't make it in the NFL originally. But I do think there's something there with P.J. Walker. So keep my eyes on him. But for, for the moment, I just want to be te happy for Teddy. I don't know how it's going to go from here. But he looks damn good in that new uni. And it's good to see him like he's, he's the starter and he's got the command of a team. So he's finally getting that. I wish him the best. I hope he does well. I really do. <sighs> So, yes, go ahead and wrap things up, close up shop. I'm a little bummed 
honestly, because I'm, I'm about done drafting. I'm still finishing up that, that IDP draft I have. It's taken forever. <laughs> but I just, ugh, it's a bummer. I almost got into a new one tonight. And then I was like, no. Oh, sorry, last night? <laughs> but no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I just can't. I gotta wait and see. I really do feel like I'll end up with one more, which is why I didn't get into this one. This other one, because <laughs> I got a strong feeling I'm going to end up doing one final one anyway, so let's try and keep it as that one final one instead of two or three more final ones, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Anyway, I do hope everyone has a wonderful, fantastical week. Get yourself through to the weekend, and we'll, we'll meet again and join up again on Friday for some more fantasy madness and you know carry us into the weekend so i hope everybody enjoys their week make sure hey watch some nba and nhl it's there it's good stuffs and if you're one of those who are like i don't need to fucking kneeling and this black lives matter shit just fuck off we don't need you watching anyway but you'll be back (laughs) douchebag but yeah watch it it's good stuff we finally got a little sports in our homes. It's nice. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And enjoy your week. And as always, as always, stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad, and ta-ta for now. Laters. Ah!